everyone. Welcome to So Fast, So Furious, the ultimate Fast and Furious podcast. Dominic Toretto lives his life a quarter mile at a time, so we are watching the Fast and Furious movies a quarter hour at a time. I'm Zach Vassetta. I am Vito Lapicola. And I'm eating candy. Anthony Ray Bitch. Don't you candy mean room, room bitches? <laughs> yeah, sure. You can't room say bitches. it with the, with the syrupy... Uh, Deliciousness. Uh, we had to lure sort of Anthony here, here with candy <laughs> because this segment uh, starts on a race. It was the only way he'd come. That's right. He <laughs> hates true. the races. That's okay. Uh, that have... that came out really wrong. <laughs> the races. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! Oh no! That we came out wrong. Car folks. racing. The car racing, not we the races. Not only have one guest, Jesus. we have two guests with us today. Uh, starting with Daniel Corey, who is a writer, a comic writer, uh, with such titles as Moriarty and Red City from Image. Also self-publishes Profit and Bloodwork, and is a singer-songwriter. What do you not do, Daniel? Um, yeah, ask my wife. Sleep. <laughs> you don't sleep. <laughs> but it sounds like comic books are your main passion. Would that be accurate to say? Uh, yeah, I mean, that's where I, I was, you know, I started writing when I was probably 24, something like that. I'm not 24 anymore. But, um, I, you know, I started writing plays. I was, and I was like, oh, I'll write movies. I'll do this. I'll do that. And then. It was like around maybe 2000. It was around 2007, exactly. I remember because I was there. Um, that with like Batman Begins had just hit, and like Iron mm-hmm. Man was kind of just starting. I'm like, you know, I think I'm gonna investigate getting into comics wrong because that sounds like a good way to get something out there and like you know have some IP that's established and mm-hmm. and just really you know I had been reading comics. Uh, I read comics mainly as a kid, so I, but I dove back into it as an adult and like really did heavier intense research and got to know the medium really well and. I made my first book, Profit, with Anthony Dechidua, who's my artist, and um, and then we did our second book, Moriarty, and that got picked up by Image, and it was just kind of history from there. Nice. I love how Hollywood is kind of using comic books nowadays as, like, storyboards. Mm-hmm. So it's, yeah. it's almost literally. That's why we have Zack Snyder now. Yeah. <laughs> no. But, yeah, it's nice to have a book to pass around when, you know, you're wanting sure. to try to license a title, so for sure. What's your history with this franchise of... Uh, delightful films. I, I, I have Zed history. I've not oh, seen man. anything, not watched one movie, and in fact, we all watched the, this 15-minute clip for this show together uh-huh. here. It's the first time I've seen anything really more than just like, you know, the TV at the bar playing one of the Which movies. Which you pick up so. just living in America. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right, right. So How exciting. Yeah, I thought, I, yeah, I, I, I kind of thought, oh, it will be good to go in completely fresh. You know, should I watch <laughs> yeah. the movie ahead? No, no, let's go in completely fresh and I'll be that guy and everybody has to explain everything to me. <laughs> I figure we get some mileage on the show over that. So. Absolutely. Yeah. And also joining us is Renee Ruiz, voice actor and singer. Has done random books for Random House, audio books. That's true. And uh, you're an announcer at Disneyland. I was an announcer at Disneyland. That's where I started uh, at Disney, doing a lot of the announcer stuff, uh, announcing the parades and the fireworks and like, voiceover get, stuff. Get down to Town Square. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. <laughs> Holy shit. Uh, there you go. <laughs> Holy shit. Feast your eyes up to the skies for the fantasy in the sky fireworks. Do they That's still awesome. use your Due voice? Due to you know? lower light levels, please take small children firmly by the hand. Yeah. And throw um, them off they still the use your voice? <laughs> exactly. Is your, I didn't know you did those pieces. Yeah. Uh, yeah? Some of those pieces, um, some of the parade pieces. I mean, for, for a while I was... 
hosting. Uh, I I opened uh, the one of the I was one of the opening cast members at the MGM Studios, what is now Hollywood Studios, and so uh, they had a couple of interactive shows there called Superstar Television and the Monster Sound Show, the Sound Effect Show, and so they used hosts to do that. But then they would take those MCs and use them for voice announcements around the you parks. You did the Indiana like Jones that, show, so. didn't you? Yeah, you hosted that, that one. Yeah. So so that's where it started. But then my passion has always been with singing and music, and so while I was working at Disney, I started working in the acapella uh, mm-hmm. groups there around Disney, singing with some of the groups there, uh, like the Voices of Liberty at Epcot. Very and cool. through that, I started to create my own acapella show that we were developing in Orlando, Florida at some of the Fringe Festivals, and that turned into a theater piece, which we then took to New York and opened Off-Broadway in 2004, so we ran an, a, an Off-Broadway, kind of a stomp, but with voices. Mm-hmm. Nice. So that kind of a it's thing. called so, Cough. Exactly. <laughs> uh, that was called Toxic Audio, and that was, uh, that was a, a group that took me around the world and traveled. It was the group that first took me to Japan. For, for yeah, the first time, and you, so dude, I gotta to point to... out to everyone at home <coughs> that Renee was very kind enough to bring in a box full of treats from Tokyo, mm-hmm. which was really amazing. So we had like chocolate yes. covered potato chips and, and orange flavored Kit Kats and yeah. some other cool stuff. I, so thank you for bringing those in. I just ate this weird, like pinkish purple. Like an Anthony, that's thing. the desiccation packet. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> it was like pink ketchup packet. There you go. Well, I'm yeah. fucked, but it was delicious. Yeah, so. there you go. So, have, have you seen these movies, Renee? I did. Now, I, I. I didn't start watching them until uh, all of the news was coming out about Paul Walker's death around number seven. Mm-hmm. And so I started to be just like, oh, everyone's really talking about what an impact these movies have made on them. And I had not seen any of them. And I'm this weird mind set of a completist. Like, I, sure. I can't go to see something out of order. So <laughs> when I knew that I wanted to go and see seven, I sat down maybe in a week and a half and just went one, two, three, four, yeah. five, six. And then Saw 7, it was the first movie I saw at a Dolby Vision theater, so it was like, you know, down in Burbank, and watching 7 with that sound system, I was just, yeah, that was a ride for me. I have to ask, since you kind of binge-watched all of those at once, did the impact of that 7th movie, (laughs) did it still have the same impact as if you had been a fan for a decade? If not more. I mean, I felt, because I felt like I was tracking everything that you guys talk about. I I was tracking, like, all the little different character Mm -hmm. interactions. I was tracking, oh, well, there's that cool little intersection of those characters. I was tracking all of those things, but at the same time, my... the the fact that I worked at Disney is no coincidence I've been a Disney fan my whole life but I've said from the moment that I was a child the first movie I ever saw was The Love Bug and Herbie the Love Bug and Herbie the Love Bug has been my favorite Disney character from Jump and so to have that passion I mean I've got all the movies I've got like all the models I built models I mean I was Herbie Goes Bananas cracked me the fuck up I love that one it does not hold up very well no at all I loved it it but but those movies alone and so the first the first time in a Fast and the Furious movie when Dom's Charger does a wheelie it immediately Uh immediately in my head I said this is Herbie be the love bug for adults. Dude, and I started really to is. immediately give all of the cars personalities and I just, you know, I mean, there was, sure, I guess that was a weird I'm sure the film, some of the people involved in the filmmaking were thinking about Herbie, you know, when they, you well, know. They, 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 they really to, do they give to. personality yeah. to it. Like, yeah. every, everybody in the franchise has their own style of car. Like, Paul Walker, right. his cars are always foreign, yep. you know, like mm-hmm. European or, or like, you know, Japanese cars and stuff where you drive on the Skylines, right-hand side. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then Dom 
mom always has muscle cars, and All so they American do. American they do have their own personalities. Mm-hmm. One one of the characters only rides motorcycles, mm-hmm. you know that kind of thing. So yeah, you do start to give them characteristics. And of course, you know, in Hobbs and Shaw, they have the fucking Transformer now as a motorcycle. And I've got some trivia, too. So in Herbie Fully Loaded, (laughs) when Lindsay Lohan goes to the junkyard and finds Herbie for the first time, Dom's charger is in the what in the, really is, is in the, the junkyard. It's all one universe. It is. Oh, wow. it, it all lives together. In my head, it all lives together. And That's so cool. I, I will watch it for Michael Keaton. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> we uh, Renee and I went to see the uh, we went to see the original Love Bug at the uh, the New Beverly several yep. months awesome. back back this past summer, and that that was a lot of fun. It was a really full theater. Yeah. Um, a lot of people brought their kids. They do these uh, kid kid screenings at the New oh, Beverly. Oh yeah, the matinees. So yeah, if you're, if you're local and just you know, be on the lookout, like on Saturday and Sunday afternoons, they do a kid matinees, and they that's like six dollars a ticket, and then get popcorn, and it's really cool. So yeah, we they were showing like all I think they were showing like a a, a good they had kind of a marathon of they had the, the entire month every every weekend yeah. was was another one. And when I went yeah. to to you know to fully loaded, one of the writers was there you know watching oh, it. Nice. So I was like yeah. Yeah, and they, they were also doing like they also did the Kurt Russell kind of uh, series, and they um, and uh, Robert Butler, who directed the Barefoot Executive, was yeah. there, and he had also directed the Star Trek pilots and a few other little things, and yeah, so you know the, yeah, they did some really neat programming there. So yeah, we saw the, we saw the Love Bug there. And, so wait, uh, Kurt yeah. Russell was in a Love. I don't remember. Well, that. no, they, no, they, no, they, no, they, no they, oh, those were two separate say, uh, series. Yeah, they, they, they did. Hilarious. You're yeah. telling me that this car talks? <laughs> you know, yeah. like that was a separate series. Like they did, like the, um, you know, like the computer wore tennis shoes. Yeah. So the fact that Kurt that, Russell yeah. was in a bunch of Disney movies yeah. then, mm-hmm. and then he appears later. I you were like giddy as, in, a, as I mean, a every, all of it, all of it for me was making yeah. connections. So it was great. Yeah, so I, I, I enjoyed it very much. I've been a fan ever since. You did watch Tokyo Drift in your initial. Viewing. Yes. Yeah, so that was oh, hard. I did. Yeah. So when did you find it difficult? Like with the whole time jump and all that stuff, did all that make sense in your? Binge? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I, how could it? Because I mean, we we had that was, I I didn't have I didn't see anything out of order, you know. Right, right. For me, everything was like okay. I got introduced to Han, and then later on, it didn't confuse me that Han was in the movie. I knew there was some kind of. Taint, mm-hmm. you know, playing with time thing, but because watching it in this order, I just find Tokyo Drift to be a much more satisfying narrative experience. There, there are more character things that Han does that make a lot of sense. Even though they didn't know when the they context. made it, you can sort yeah. of put stuff together and think, well, maybe. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, but for this 15 minutes, we are in the middle of a race, like I said, and I apologize to Anthony profusely. Wake me up when we get past that. <laughs> I'll do my best. I'm, I'm just gonna take a quick nap. Okay. Well, this race is between. Sean and DK, the Drift King. Sean has already learned that he cannot drift. Dk can drift which doesn't come as much as a surprise given his yeah name. wouldn't wouldn't you like <laughs> if they were like you're gonna go into a drift race wouldn't you be like how do I drift before I do this and then he does Twinkie is like or twink or whatever his name is he's like it's <laughs> well, like just hop in the car and go and you're like that, okay yeah, but this guy's DK so it's drift king yeah. he's Japanese right that's mm-hmm. it so yeah so okay. it's like is it, is so he's it going translate against... exact in Japanese or yeah. <laughs> it's like, must. it just doesn't make any I don't know yeah there's, there's a lot of really cool shots in this scene I, I, I thought like there's one really cool shot where you see the car come within millimeters of like a car 
concrete wall, which was... This, this, everything about that opening race is exactly what I'm like when I'm playing any racing game, video game. You know, that's like pretty much me crashing into crashing everything, into everything oh, yeah. like trying to I'm like drift like around a corner and taking yeah. out guardrails. That's pretty much, yeah. yeah. yeah which I is exactly suck at racing games. I live my yeah, life. Yeah, I'm always terrible. I always go too fast and then uh, you know, go <laughs> crash into a tree. <laughs> that's, that's me. That's exactly Ever since the pole position days. Uh, like 1983. I remember Rage Racer. Sean tries the same turn and the spectators scatter before he crashes into the wall like a buster. Everyone is heading upstairs to see the end of the race. Twinkie hops on an elevator full of Japanese girls and for some reason winks at the camera. You looked at me really intensely when you said buster. <laughs> it was a call. I thought you would get it. Yeah, because they always go, still a buster, you know, for what's his I name. Just I got it. I just wanted to Anthony do. chuckle. <laughs> I do. I did want to point out, you You did point something out. Twink. Is it Twink or Twinkie? It's Twinkie. Okay, because I thought Han that would be refer like. To him as Twink at least once. Okay, because it's kind of it's just kind of weird that he's got that name. It's an unfortunate. So we've got a weird uh, signaling going on. <laughs> but he hops into the uh, he hops into the elevator and he literally winks at the audience when, because he's girls. surrounded by girls. Yeah. But I, it's the only time in my remembrance that they break the fourth wall in this mo- in this series. That's all I can think of. Yeah. So it's kind of interesting. So, totally. So Twink is sort of like the Deadpool of, of, of the universe. Well, I, I likened him to Magnum P.I. Yeah, I was going to say, I like that reference because I'm a huge Magnum fan, but you right? know, he does that. They have that clip in the opening like, intro yeah. of the Magnum P.I. where he's, he's in the car and he's like, yeah, I'm in this Ferrari. He looks at the uh, yeah, audience. He's and like, like yeah. once a season, yeah. he would do it. Like, he, like they wouldn't overdo it, but like once an episode, or episode, there'd be one episode per season Yeah, he'd kind of look at the camera. Yeah, oh, yeah we, we need to do a Magnum P.I. podcast. Let's oh, do dude. that next, okay? Believe me, I <laughs> right. want to. Okay, we'll go episode by episode. Maximum All right. Magnum. All there right. you go. There you go. I'm in. It was the worst um, title ever. Please don't use that. I'm embarrassed. Just Magnum that. Force. With Magnum Force. There you go. Ooh, I like that. Han is all super cool and gets on an elevator by himself. Doesn't need any snacking. But by he's the way. eating. He's yeah. always yes. eating. He's always snacking. Meanwhile, the Brad DK Pitt is of the movies. Oh yeah, huh? he's the Ocean's yeah. Eleven Brad Pitt. That's right. <laughs> Brad Pitt of the Fast and Furious movies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. DK is drifting left and right. Sean is not. He's slamming into walls and other cars and causing way too much damage. DK even does a 180 turnaround to watch Sean make a fool of himself, which I thought was pretty cool. I love the fact that he does the Bruce Lee. He puts his hand out and he does a little Bruce Lee come on like they're in a battle. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But even he does it like he does it like upside down with two fingers. Like it's even douchier. Yeah, he's he's well. The funny thing is, while they're doing this race, DK is so self-satisfied. I'm surprised somebody doesn't pull him over for driving while smug. (laughs) He's so smug every shot. He's so great at just being like a. Yeah, you just want to punch him in the face. I'm sure he's really nice in real life. Absolutely, I'm sure. Yeah, you have to give a lot of credit to actors that like don't mind like kind of being disliked they don't mind being the shill or whatever you totally. know it's yeah. like, yeah, it's like I know what my role is in this people yeah. are not going to like me you know? well I'm sure he's also getting a very large paycheck yeah. which helps oh, I'm yes sure. yes yes <laughs> I don't care if anybody likes me give me my money yeah. Yeah. he's a yeah. tremendously awesome asshole he's very good yes. well he's, he's he's compensating because he has to you know he's trying to please his uncle mm-hmm. so his whole character is like Overconfident, overcompensating. I love mm-hmm. that. Totally, like overconfident as well. Cause he's like, no one can fuck with me. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, and he's also pissed at Sean for flirting with his girlfriend. Yes. So there's a lot going on in this race. Mm-hmm. That's right. And that actor is displaying all of those emotions. Yes, he is. <laughs> he's no Zachary Ty. Who is? Who is? <laughs> 
Uh, they start racing again, and DK comes to a spiral ramp and proceeds to drift up it. And it's a long ramp, too. Now, according That's to cool. Renee, you said so that cool. this is a real... They well, really... in the commentary, okay. Justin Lin says that it was an all practical effect. Like, it, the driver actually did that. driver said, let me do it. Yeah. The, the yeah. driver basically just said, let me try it. Let me, let me show you. And they're like, okay. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. It's an expensive car. Yeah. That's some impressive precision. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, because I thought it was a special effect. So I don't understand amazing. the physics of drifting, but I'm impressed by it. Yeah, yeah. and my, my impression by that is like, well, how do they race each other? Because they can only <laughs> yeah, go one, it's at, one a time. at a time. <laughs> yeah. I guess they just time it, right? Uh, yeah, okay. Right. That is true. Yeah, yeah. I think you, you have to pass of... each other in the uh, in the actual lot, like going uphill or whatever. Mm-hmm. You have to pass each other oh, okay, there, and then when okay. you do the turns, you mm-hmm. drift like the turns. Won. It's yeah. kind of your victory flourish. Yes. Yeah, there you go. But it's would you get extra points for you know the flourish, how good the flourish is? You know, maybe you, if, if you finish first, you could actually lose if your drift is not good, as good as the second place guy. That's I don't very know. Well, but if you hit if you hit the wall on that drift and you got out of alignment, another car could come and pile right through. That is true. I mean, okay. you, you've got to if stick that landing. Yeah, because I want to feel like there's stakes when they're drifting. You know? Does anybody yeah. else want to go to Japan and actually see this happen? I'd love to watch an actual I would love to race. stay here in yeah. L.A. and watch it happen and, and not travel. <laughs> well, you're an idiot. <laughs> if I could teleport to Tokyo, I'd be all in. Uh, Nila and DK's asshole buddy from earlier, we'll find out later, his name is Morimoto, just to avoid confusion. Uh, they're up there watching as DK hits the finish line and skids to a stop. And all the spectators surround his car and they're cheering for and him. And of course, smugness. He radiates oh, yeah. smugness the entire time. He's just got this like shit-eating grin on. It's yeah. perfect. <laughs> Twinkie watches, seemingly impressed with DK. And it seemed to me that Han was the only one that sort of was wondering where Sean is. And then I realized it's because he's driving his car. That's yes. what he's yeah. really worried about. Yeah. <laughs> But we will also find out, though, later, he's watching him for another particular reason. Like, as he comes around the... Well, I'll wait till you get to that, but... Well, but I think it is fair to say that he's already clearly sees something in Sean. Yes, and so when Sean, you know, brings the car around and is, like, falling apart, he does give him a look of admiration where he's like, okay, this kid's got spirit. He finished. He didn't give up. Yeah, he he still came, even though he clearly lost. Mm -hmm. And I think he sees something in that that he likes. But... Where did An he easy see? Mark. Where did he see the potential? Like, I think in the in the argument with uh, DK, he was like he didn't back down from DK. You know, he stood up to him. <coughs> Maybe I can use him somehow. That's mm-hmm. what I got out of it. They, How they, does that correlate to him being a good driver? It doesn't. Like mm-hmm. nonsense. It's this kid's got spunk. Let's give him a chance. <laughs> You're gonna be a star, kid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Go drive my car. <laughs> so when you're analyzing this out of context with the other movies, and you know now where Han has been mm-hmm. before all of this, there's that part of me that wonders: okay, what is he seeing in this guy for? Like, what, is, what does he want to see? Does he want to be like, I need to call Dom and tell him about this new kid? <laughs> right. That, reminds uh, him of Brian, maybe. You know? Yeah. It's just like yeah, he, he, he reminds me of you know. Of, of Tyrese, that I'm going to be like, I, he's got a mouth on him, and I'm going to, I'm going to tell That's him, right. hey, this might be a good guy for your crew he's back home. He's kind of an amalgam of all the characters from my previous adventures. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He really is. He's like, you don't have a guy with a southern accent. We need somebody with a southern yeah. accent in our we crew. We need a cowboy. You know, we need a cowboy. It's too New England. Yeah. We've got too yeah. many other stereotypes, but not that one. Absolutely. By the way, have you guys talked about how the fact that Lucas Black has a southern accent?
accent, but his mother and his father don't oh, have shit. any accent is at that, all. No, the guy that played his father in the scene that we saw, he's a British actor, isn't he? That guy? I don't think he's British. Know. Is he? I, I think I But he certainly like doesn't have him. a southern accent. Oh, okay. No, he, yeah. you're, you're absolutely correct. But, like, he does he, not. Yeah. So he's, he's in, he's living American. in California yeah. with two parents that don't have southern accents, but he... Has. I guess the implication is that they lived briefly in Georgia for like four years while he was born. They've got their New York and whatever accents. Yeah. I don't know. Okay. That's a good point I that just, I hadn't thought I didn't, of. I didn't know if I'd if y'all totally had brought that up. Yeah. That is that is a damn good point that I had not noticed and it's fucking hilarious. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm finding out who plays the dad, Southern by the way. Kid. Okay. So DK uh, gets out of the car. He's greeted by his buddy Morimoto and he goes to Neela. Oh, sorry. I was saying out? U.S. Yeah. Oh, so, okay. Uh, okay. Brian Goodman is the actor that plays uh, the dad, and he is from oh, the United States. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I think he's very good in this movie. I, I like him, too. Yeah, like the scene him. was good. We'll Sean, get to it, though. <laughs> Sean, meanwhile, is making his way up the spiral ramp, crashing into the walls repeatedly as he goes. This was pretty funny. I, I, I have to admit. Yeah. If you're going to wreck a car, you may as well go all the way. Ouch. You know what I mean? No, I mean, it's like you've already destroyed... A lot of public property and yep. a couple of other walls and things. Just keep going. You know what I mean? <laughs> that point, you just go. Yeah, and Han's car is a complete mess. Everyone's laughing at Sean as he sits there in Han's beat-up car. Even Twinkie shakes his head. Han looks at him and says, don't leave town. For Han, it actually sounded kind of threatening. <laughs> yeah. This is the first time, by the way, we've seen Han be vaguely threatening. Yeah. He's almost always like the relaxed, chill. like chill kind of dude. But in this movie, he's got some edge to him, yes. which can be explained by the loss of Giselle by retconning, I you know, if you, so. if you yeah. retcon it in your mind. Yeah, and that was kind of the, the noir moment, uh, you know. The, oh, don't yeah. leave town. Don't leave town. Yeah. yeah. Totally. <laughs> yeah. Which could mean, you know, don't leave town. I want to teach you. And also, <laughs> don't leave ways. town. If you do, I will shoot you in the head. Yeah. You owe me a 10-second car. Yeah, you yes. owe me a car. Uh, later that night, Sean tries to sneak home, but his dad is up waiting for him. He looks to be on beer number five. He asks Sean if he knows what time it is. Sean says he thought it was seven o'clock because of the U.S. time difference. Oh, burn! Yeah, he was. So that, yeah. So Daniel, that is a callback to an earlier scene. His father was supposed to pick him up at the airport, and he's like, "We're on a different time schedule, son." So, but it makes no you know, sense. You're, yeah, because he's like, "We're a day ahead of you," and then it's like, "Well, then wouldn't you have been there yesterday, yesterday and figured yeah. it out and called?" And yeah, don't it you just make have the, the airline schedule? Right. <laughs> you know. <laughs> well, even right. though it's now set in 2013 because of retconning. In 2003, I guess they didn't have Traviogo or whatever. Travago. <laughs> Expedia. It's like most of these movies. The more you think about them, the less they make sense. Very Just go true. with it. And this, for me, this scene um, was. This scene for me was interesting because not knowing the rest of the movie and not seeing the rest of the series, I thought, um, why is this kid so dependent on his father? Isn't he 28 years old? Uh, you know, and then and, and, you know later, and then I'm like, wait a minute, he's in high school. Yeah, he's supposed to be 17, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he looks so, he looks 10 years older than what he's supposed to be uh, playing. So I was I was a little confused, not knowing having any other information because I thought, doesn't he have his own place? Does, doesn't he have a college degree or a job or something? Why is he so dependent on he's, everybody taking he's care of him? Balding, yeah, he's, right. he's got a receding hairline yeah. and a cane. Yeah. <laughs> and the chest hair of a 40-year-old. <laughs> As we'll find out. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, Sean says he thought it was uh, 7 o'clock. He looks at his dad's beers and says, looks like the party was better here anyway. 
which I thought was funny. Major Boswell stands up and he gets in Sean's face and he asks him if he's been racing in the same way you'd ask a junkie if he'd been shooting up. I know, yeah. you've been drinking, yeah. son. <laughs> I could smell the knots on your breath. Like you've been almost, racing, boy. He's almost in after-school special mode. I yes, yeah, yes. It was it was a little odd. <laughs> I yeah. learned it from you. Yeah. Well, here's my question. Uh -huh. So coming home late, why would you automatically assume your son's been out racing? I know. It's not yeah. like you can smell it. Like, I smell right, the motor right. oil on you. Just yeah. burnt rubber. Coming in wafting behind us. So. You hadn't thought of the uh, uh, extracurricular excuse yet. Right. It's yeah, that yeah. nonsense again. I mean, That's it's right. genetic. Like, maybe he raced in his earlier years and passed on the nonsense genes. It could be. So we've established throughout this series that certain characters seem to know things, mm -hmm. and we've dubbed it nonsense. Because oh. it's a, an odd superpower that. So it's what happens when you play the words. So well, Nas is the like nitrous oxide system. Yes. Yeah. So oh, okay. it's it's what you use uh, like when you're in a race, you pop the Nas and it. Bah, it's yeah. super oh, all this time you were saying Nas, I thought you were talking about the uh, the artist. No. The, the, oh, that's mean? hilarious. <laughs> Nas. I'm sure he'll make an appearance oh, in these uh, movies yeah, later too. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, no, this is That's the, uh, hilarious. He was yes. like, why are they oh, referencing kept, a rapper? I kept waiting for, like, the music or the, the, the person <laughs> playing a character, Nas. I thought I was just waiting for him to come on screen. He kept saying Nas. Uh, so that's funny. Again, as a neophyte, you know, interesting perceptions. And yes. Vito did say that he was going to use a little Nas. So. He did. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Major Boswell somehow knows the truth without Sean even saying anything and tells him he's out of there. He goes to make a phone call, but Sean doesn't seem concerned. So his dad gets back in his face and tells Sean that he has nowhere else to go but the jail. Hooskow, the slammer, the pen, <laughs> the big sleep. Animal. What are they going to put him Another in jail kind of in Japan? Moment kind know, of, right? you know? Yeah, like, yeah. Why would they put him in jail? So he's going to have to fly him back to the United States to put him in jail? Is that the idea? No, the taxpayers are going to have to fly him back. Right. Yeah, right. Yeah. But that is a good question. I mean, exactly. Like, it's clearly easier for him to just be like, all right, listen, I'll give you another chance. Yeah. Which well, is what he does. Well, his dad's military, though, because, like, in the military, you fuck up, you go. That's right. You know what yeah, I mean? but I don't think he was... He didn't, he didn't really ever intend to make that phone call. He was just not trying to be hard. I, right, exactly, right. because you know? it's not like Sean is like, okay, I'm sorry. He's like, fine, do it then. And he's just like... Don't you understand? Yeah. yeah. So he's not think, committed. And we had talked about this, dirt, like, right after the scene, like, Vito said, like, you know, the dad's not really not a bad guy. I was like, yeah, yeah he's I mean, not he's, being a dick. he's mean, and he's maybe a little drunk or something, yeah. but he's not in the wrong, really. Yeah. It definitely seems like he has Sean's best interests. In right, yes. Yeah. Well, yeah, he There's took love him in, there. you got to yeah. think about it. He's he, He's got his own career. They've been, he and the wife he have been divorced for quite a few years. That's right. You know what I mean? And now he's got his kid, this kid dumped in his lap, you know, taking up his mini house. For the house. second time in his life. Let's yeah, so honest. he's just basically like, dude, I need you to follow the fucking rules. Like, do you want to go to jail? So, I mean, you know, he's trying to keep his kid out of jail. He's not being an asshole. Absolutely. They, yeah. they really set him up to be like an abusive alcoholic dad, though. <laughs> it, does, it did have that setup. That's why it's kind of turned on its head. It's like, well, actually, he didn't. In like, the next you know, 15 minutes, there's anything. a scene where he knocks on the door and he goes, Sean, I'm coming in. And then Sean's <laughs> like, put no. your pants on. <laughs> yeah. Not again. <laughs> I'm totally kidding. Oh, jeez. Wow. Oh, no. I was getting there before Vito. Oh, man. It's <laughs> oh, real dark. We, it, we go dark. It did get, get kind of set up to look like he was going to be this abusive. Like, I thought he was going to hit him or something. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. Then it's like, like, any second, he's going to get smacked in the mouth. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. But then he's just actually trying to take care of him. Yeah, and then he's know. like, now go to bed, son. And you're like, okay. Yeah. Yeah, he tells Sean one more time that if he's going to live under his roof, he's going to follow his rules, which Vito and I both heard several times growing up, I'm sure. Oh, oh God. <laughs> I had the, have you been drinking? Well, you I know, didn't ever have that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if you're going to live in my house, you're going to follow. Yeah, I heard all of that verbatim. Yeesh. 
Well, he and makes... I wasn't even drinking. I was a fucking nerd. I was out going, like, hanging out with friends and reading Green it's Lantern comics. Day. I'd show up two hours late and everybody's like, you're drunk. Print. You got newsprint yeah. on your hands, kid. Your hands. You're reading them four-color comics again. <laughs> I told you to go indie. Black and white only. Yes. I learned it from you, Dad. I learned it from you. Got a I found your stash. Comics under <laughs> so I found your long boxes. From the 40s. Uh, he makes Sean say, yes, sir, and Sean goes to bed. The next day, Sean heads to school. He passes Twinkie in the hallway, who doesn't even say anything to him. Everyone's kind of pointing and looking at... Uh, yeah, don't you love how in, in high school movies in particular, and it was like this in The Karate Kid, the moment you win or, or you lose a race or you lose a fight, nobody's your friend anymore. Right, it's like, right. it's like yeah, fuck this they're, guy. they're like, hey, Daniel, come to the beach with us. And as soon as like he gets his ass kicked by Johnny, Freddy's like, I don't know you, man. Yeah, yeah. Freddy's like, so nice come and so on. cool, and then suddenly Freddy's gone yeah, from the movie everyone, forever. Yeah, and everybody <laughs> That's the last we saw Freddy. Yeah, he totally <laughs> Just, but yeah. He shows up at the ending fight, cheering Daniel on. Oh, now that he's a winner again. Well, but like, geez. I love how like he goes to the school and it's like everybody there seems to know that, that he's he lost this. Race. Like, did that? I knew people who raced in high well, school. If you lost a race, nobody talked about it. That's presuming that everyone at the school is aware of the goings on at the drift right. races. You well, know? he's the drift king, so you have to assume he's got, you know. People his, who his surf boys. below yeah, him. That's true. You know, <laughs> yes. the, the drift surfs. There's you know nothing what I mean? better to do in Tokyo than watch a couple of idiots. Yeah. <laughs> his drift princes. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think so when you think of the reality of that race, no matter where you're standing, you're really only seeing. 15 seconds of the race right. as they go up each yeah. level. Yeah. Like, That's you're really true. not... And and half of the time that you're spent is in the elevator waiting to get up to the next level to see the end of the race. Yeah, so, yeah. You know, so... That's true. That's yeah, what they're getting. Boring. They see yeah. the end of the race. Yeah, yeah. They yeah. saw what he did to the car. That's yeah, the important, the important stuff. Yes. And this is where I was like, wait a minute, he's in high school? This is where I got <laughs> to this part, you know? <laughs> but does he teach there? Yeah. <laughs> he totally pass as a teacher, you know? Yeah. So the high school, uh, the high school that he comes out of Watakura is is in Shibuya, oh, which was one of the school? first place oh. one of the first places that that we toured into was Shibuya, and that that intersection there uh-huh. is like the is world famous because oh, of, of how like literally how busy it is and all the crosses that happen on oh, the daily basis. Yeah, cool. It's like over the top, so it's like really right. cool to see like just him just being in Shibuya. So it's like okay, and not only do I know. Where you know that he's in Tokyo, but I know where in Tokyo he is. Yeah, like, and that Justin Lin was saying that that like it's so hard to get permits to film there that they w- would just do guerrilla filming, yeah. and they'd have about forty minutes before the cops would show up. Yep. so that's, that's all awesome. real stuff. Yeah, cool for such a big budget movie. They do guerrilla. Okay, exactly. That's funny. Well, when they film nine, I'm sure they can do whatever they want. Yeah, <laughs> three right. they were like, hey, let's yes. be careful. Yeah. yeah. So they then cut, I guess, to it's after school. Sean walks out to see Han waiting for him at the cool car. Han tells Sean to get in. Sean tells Han that he'll get him his money. And Han says, why are you acting like you have a choice? Han gets all the cool lines. Yeah, he's very yeah. threatening. Uh, yeah. Yeah, he's kind of the Clint Eastwood of this movie. I yes. Guess. Yeah, yeah. Han drives him to a building and tells Sean that a guy inside with a paw owes him some money. Sean doesn't know what a paw means, but Han tells him to go get his money anyway. See, I thought it was like a deformity. I know, right? Like, I was like, oh, I was thinking a monkey paw is going to like, you know, grant wishes or something. They had that on The Simpsons. I thought it was going to be a Quaker, a Quaker boy in his paw. (laughs) (laughs) I was uh, was waiting for the Quakers to show up. (laughs) Well, his southern accent, my paw. I got my paw. My dad's here. You got my dad on his shoulder. My dad's going to kick my my ass. (laughs) Turns out the dude had an actual bear paw. Yes, yes. 
Yeah, well, Sean goes inside to find out the place is a bathhouse. Uh, the front clerk makes him pay to get in, and apparently the front, the front clerk was, pay, was played by the locations manager of the film. thought that was interesting. Hmm. <laughs> we next see Sean walking into the showers in a towel with, uh, Anthony, you noted, his impressive chest hair. Yeah. It's like a rug. It's like he's going to look for someone with a paw, but he's the bear. That's right. (laughs) He looks like, uh, what's his name? Burt Reynolds from that. (laughs) Famous playgirl (laughs) shoot. Exactly. But this is also, though, like another kind of crime movie trope, the bathhouse. Yeah, you know, and especially towels. in Japan. They yeah. always go to the bathhouse and then yeah. somebody tries to stab you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 it's in all of them. Yeah. 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 Do you remember Eastern Promises? you remember that oh, movie? Yeah. Cronenberg movie? That scene's that, amazing. Yeah, that is really that the good? one yeah. with uh, Viggo Morrison? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he has this, like, And, like, you, you've never felt more vulnerable scene. because you're yeah. just naked around porcelain, like, just nothing but... It's naked yeah. and, they're, and they're battling to the death with knives. It's brutal. But I guess that's why that ends up coming up in the crime movies so much because like here's a place where you know they're you know they're totally vulnerable you can see people don't have weapons or whatever and, yeah you know we can talk here you yeah. know and uh, I don't know the steam also is like really cool for that noir type effect mm-hmm. too yeah. so yeah there you go yeah it's supposed to be where gentlemen go to be gentlemen man <laughs> yeah. that's right yeah I've never been I, well I went to like a Korean spa once and I couldn't go into that area it just felt I, I dirty I, I, well no here's the weird thing is I'm, I'm I'm secure in my sexuality I'm not like freaked out by like naked but it was like it was all these like naked guys just walking up and talking to each other like it was whatever and Meters I was like hanging out. it just didn't feel right for me you know what it's I mean America, it made, it's, yeah, it's, it's culture it's kind of like ask your doctor if you know Genetra <laughs> may be right for you it was not right for me I stuck I stuck to the sauna sure. where you wore pants well yeah. Sean sees a huge sumo looking dude resting in a jacuzzi nearby and he has a tattoo of some kind Sean gets a little closer to see that the tattoo is of a grizzly bear with a big paw on the guy's shoulder it's clearly the guy that... You have a pawpaw and a prickly pear. That's, That's right. <laughs> and so, by the way, this must be a Yakuza uh, yes. place because I've been told that with my tattoos, I cannot go to any of the onsen. Shall we? Yeah, murder in Glenda. That's right. It's what? It's a murder, murder in Glenda. Yeah, oh yeah. That's a callback to an old show. Yes. Uh, no, uh, I've been told that if you have... Uh, tattoos and you go to the bathhouses in Japan, they will not let you in because it's a sign of Yakuza. Wow. So you, there are special Yakuza bathhouses that you can go to totally where you can have tattoos on So you go to that one. That's the one That's the one I'd go to and I'd have to cut off my pinky in Giri to, uh, to be able to go in. But yeah, so this must be a Yakuza bathhouse. Did you notice that in when they're establishing the sumo in the in the bath, that behind him in the same shot is the skinniest guy you've ever seen? Ever? Like, oh, you're just like, yeah, you're like, like, there's, yeah. like, just for contrast there, it was like, immediately he he looks that much bigger. Than the back. Like, I was going to say, it's yeah. the Japanese, like, Stan and, and Ali, you know what I mean? It's oh, like yes. the Laurel and Hardy of Japan. <laughs> totally, totally. That was yeah. the first, so, so he gets his attention by, he says, he says, Sumimasen, which is, uh, excuse me, mm-hmm. yeah, the first thing that we were taught when we when we got to Japan was how to call a waitress, Sumimasen, and we were just saying that all, you know, the entire trip, and so... Did you pick up what Okane meant? Yes, well, I did not know what it was, but I looked it up, so oh. it's money. Oh, okay. Yeah, Makes so sense. he's basically saying, you know, Han says money. Got so. it. So... 
Well, this guy is actually is played by Konoshiki Yasokichi, a real Hawaiian-born sumo wrestler. He was the first non-Japanese-born wrestler to reach Ozeki, the second highest wow. rank in the sport. Wow. During his career, he won the top division championship on three occasions and came close to being to becoming the first foreign-born grand champion. At a peak weight of 630 pounds, oh. he was at the time the heaviest wrestler in sumo, earning him the nicknames Meat Bomb and Dump Truck. Oh my God, Meat Bomb is perfect. Wow. <laughs> he is a Meat Bomb. That is that is the most perfect name ever for anything. That's a yeah. band name. You I think we're all secretly wishing we were called that. Meat Bomb. <laughs> you come home and your wife is like, <laughs> like Welcome hey honey, home, don't you get to call me now? <laughs> now on, I am going to say that, and she's going to give me the weirdest look, and I wish <laughs> I always want to get it on. Film for you to see. She's you will call what? Me. <laughs> the, Please do. Yes. <laughs> the sumo guy tries to get. Uh, oh, Brian tries to get the guy's attention by mentioning Han. The guy turns. No, no, sit. that's it's Sean. Sean. Sean gets. Yeah, he said Brian. Brian's Brian? not in this Holy movie. Wow. Yeah. I'm da, all over da, the place. Da. By the way, you Sean. Gotta, yeah. I was gonna say, I you have to mention the weird shot that they that they do in a moment. I hope so. If I don't, tits. Oh well, yeah, well as out, yeah, uh, Godzilla boobs. <laughs> he stands up. We get a big screen full of uh, titty. I, the, <laughs> Sumo the, titty. Finally, <laughs> the first thing that went through my mind was that scene from uh, Family Guy where he's like, "That's a side boob. That's my side boob." Do you remember that part? Yeah. Does anybody remember? Like within like the first <laughs> There's three a boob. seasons. That's right? my side boob. Yeah, that was what I kept. It was super disgusting. early in that show. It's like yeah. Godzilla's chest. Yes. It's, it's They're like, I don't amazing. know what his cup size is. But That's it's... why he, they call him Meat Bomb. Because <laughs> he lifts one of those up and just drops it on your head while wow. he's fighting. Oh, no. I know that's not a rule of sumo, but it should, <laughs> should be. be. Yeah. It, should be. Mm-hmm. it should be. Unofficial. Outside, Han is waiting as Sean gets tossed out back in his school clothes, we noted. Yeah. I Japan's guess a very they polite him, place. Yeah. I, I, I would have thought, you know, toss him out in the towel and then throw his clothes after him. Yes. You know, have that, have that shirt land across his face. He has to rip it off, you know. Yeah. But uh, he was completely clothed fl- flying out of that. I think <laughs> this Put your clothes on, a, then I'll beat you. Just a continuity error. When, when, when would he have gotten dressed, though? Yeah, I think they just... I, I might have been... No, for it's, it's, possible, but, it's possible they shot that scene first. Right. Yeah, yeah they then, cut And then when he went in, they added the thing where he had to take his clothes off, and, yeah. and nobody noticed, you know? Or and Lucas then, so. Black was like, I'm not getting naked again. People are making fun of my chest hair. <laughs> well, they did point They're gonna out call that me they, the bear. they didn't have a, anyone in mind to play the clerk in there. They just cast the crew guy. So it is possible it was... Yeah, it's guy. possible maybe they were going to shoot that first, and they delayed it. Till they got somebody, and so yeah, it's just a gap. Or they didn't have permits to shoot on the street, and so they're like, if we're gonna get arrested, <laughs> that is shooting true. on the street. Yeah. That is I want my clothes you can't on. Can't have yes. a naked guy. Yeah, yeah that's gonna right. attract attention. That's going to definitely that, attract. Well, attention. explain it in a sequel. Yeah, yeah. No, that is that is something. Since you've Spin been to Japan, novel. I'm assuming you never see anyone naked running down the street there because it would be considered very rude. Right? <laughs> well, so, it would be considered rude here. Yeah, I mean, rude rude we live in Los Angeles. Yeah. I see naked yes. people running down the here street every day. Right. It's normal, but, but not, um, uh, yeah, not so legal. I would, I would assume that was probably what it was. They were trying to stay within the Japanese norms, and so they had to put clothes on. Well, even they were hoping to wearing shirtless in, in public, perhaps. Would be I think, I think that would even flirt. be weird. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. yeah. Well, Han is amused. Even even in burlesque houses and strip clubs, fully clothed in Japan. Sean goes back inside. The big sumo guy comes 
comes out, dragging Sean with him, throws him out again, but he also throws a wad of money to Han before going back into the bathhouse. I noted, where was he keeping that money? And it was under his boob. That makes sense. Yeah. It's waterproof. You know, there's... there's Protected from the elements. Protected from the elements. That's right. Probably very sweaty, though. Yes. Well, that's how... Why no one goes goes in there. That that money is going to be... Oh, Oh, gosh. Well, that's under the other boob. His, his package of chips. By the way, this 600-pound guy, I don't know if I've ever said this before, but uh, I attend a temple downtown in Little Tokyo, a Buddhist temple, and there's a famous sumo wrestler that attends you know, the, the ceremonies there and stuff like that, and we have this big Christmas uh, get-together every year, and they prepare ramen, and he literally has these like super-sized ramen bowls, and he eats like 13 of them. Holy cow. Wow. We're talking like, like three times bigger oh, than a man. normal ramen bowl, and he literally eats like 13 of them at once. We it's crazy. It. Yeah. Wow. I, I couldn't probably get through a third of that bowl. Yeah. I'd be fine with one. But, yeah, yeah, I mean, exactly. I mean, it's a big bowl. It's like the size of your laptop, dude. Like that's a, And he eats 13 of them. It's crazy. You're making me hungry, Vito. Yeah. We should all get ramen after this. Yeah. Yes. Sean looks up at Han from the ground. Perhaps as a reward, Han tosses Sean the keys to his car and says, let's go. Sean's driving through Tokyo. Han tells him that he's in the pickup and delivery business now, and Han might call him once a week or once an hour. He says no matter what, when he calls, Sean shows. That was a great line, though, where he says, I don't care if you're sick as a dog or in bed with Beyonce. (laughs) I call, you show. Like, that's pretty... So we've got a Justin Timberlake reference and a Beyonce reference in this film. Let's face it. So timely. Yes. Yes. So timely. Do you think that's going to age... Well, well, I, I, it hasn't aged well. But both of them have made, stayed in the spotlight for to some degree. Yeah. It's like if it was, uh, I don't know, Cisco or something. <laughs> what are you, the Hanson of Japan? Exactly. Oh, exactly. my yeah. gosh. Uh, Sean says he's only in if Han teaches him how to drift. It had a nice little exchange where Han says this isn't a negotiation, and Sean says, I wasn't negotiating. <laughs> right. Yeah. Then what was he deal. doing? He says that's the deal. Well, well, he's, he's just telling that's it. That's, 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 that's not a negotiation. Yeah. It's a it's demand. Yeah, he's saying this like, is what you're doing. But but he's but again, no this is demand. But I think Han likes his assertion. Yeah, Han design. Han likes his chutzpah, I think. But the, but the interesting thing again is that Han is not like this in the other movies. Han is not assertive, and he's never he's never like this. Mm-hmm. So he's got like a hardened edge in this movie that he doesn't have. He's in the lost others. so much, Vito. Yeah. <laughs> well, but he's always. I mean, he's always like he's in all of the other movies. There's always someone else who's in charge. Right. So there's always someone who's in charge. In this particular instance, he has to be in charge of this That's of this kid. Right. So. Right. Right, right. Yeah. Uh, they drive to an arcade and head inside. They go into the back where some guys are playing mahjong. <clears throat> Among them are DK and his asshole buddy Morimoto. Everyone leaves. Well, no, it's yep. weird because it's like it's DK Morimoto and like four really hot chicks. Yes, there and are then, models there. And then it's like that moment in a, in a movie where the guy goes, "Bitches, leave!" and they <laughs> yes. all get up and like leave, leave the room. Us. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, giving DK and Han room to talk. DK asks what Sean is doing there, and Han says that Sean's paying him back for that crumpled beer can sitting in his garage. There's a lot of good lines in this film. It does have some good noirish lines. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Morimoto calls Sean a gaijin again and asks when his next race is because he'd really like to be there. Sean says, why not be in it? Again, I thought that was cool. You want to race? Yeah. You can I know. It's like, I'm terrible, too. but, uh, <laughs> I know. you know, I'll prove to you I've got spirit. <laughs> That's right. I've got a heart, damn it. 
DK asks Han if he's ready to lose another car. Han says he wants DK's 86 Corolla. DK says only if Han puts up his 72 Skyline. I don't know has, what these words Has mean. anyone ever wanted an 86 Corolla in their lives <laughs> other than like is, something yeah. that might be souped up? Exactly. It is kind of a strange... I, mean, I drove to Los guy. Angeles in an 87 people. Ford Thunderbird, and yeah. believe me, if somebody wanted it, they could have it. <laughs> Maybe in Japan, it's because it is a Toyota. Because I drive a Corolla, to be completely honest with you. Ooh. Nobody's looking for that. Whoa. <laughs> no one wants my 2013 Corolla. I'll race you for it. <laughs> yeah? Where do you, oh, I, I, I win your bike? Yeah, you can have it. Let's do it. Is it a Skyline? Is that a van? It's definitely no. a car. Yeah. Oh, okay. I only know this from watching these movies because Brian oh. tends to drive Skyline. Yeah, we get a lot of really negative fan mail because they're always like, you don't know shit about cars. And we're like, yep. We said that the first episode. <laughs> we're proud of it. Oh, 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 yeah. you get, you we're get, establishing that. You right? get, oh, we, they're going to complain all we over the guy about me. Who gave a Skyline van? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> who's, that, no. who's the jerk that said it's a Skyline van? There was a guy who gave us like two stars on a review because he was like, they don't know shit about cars. It's like the character in Star Wars. That's the point, yes. I think it's supposed to be funny, DK has Han dismiss Sean. Han and Sean rhyme. I'm just noticing that. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of... Mm, Han and Sean. Uh, so they can discuss business. I like that line, though, where Morimoto says to him, are you really a badass cowboy or do you just talk like one? Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? And he's like, try me or you heard me or something like we that. We should look know? up who plays Morimoto. It's Leo someone. It's, it's Leonardo Lam. Yes. Yes. He's he also fun. on Westworld. Yes. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's a fun actor. He's uh, very good in this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think... No matter what you like, whatever the flaws are of this film, there are a lot. Of, there's a lot of the acting's great. I think in general, everyone's well, that, pretty. That's good. something I think that the writing's solid too. Yeah, yeah. Like Justin the Lin, yeah, Justin Lin has a very good way of choosing people who have a good look about them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? He goes for real characters. So, mm-hmm. a lot of times in a movie, Rise of Skywalker, you can watch it and you're like, "There's no character to development." But like in this, at least there are real characters. You can tell what guy Morimoto is mm-hmm. when he speaks and the way he comports himself he's, in the, in he's the movie. He's a very different character from DK, for he's, example. Yeah, he's he's like the the screaming lackey. He's like the psycho, you know, sidekick guy. Where who are we going like, now, boss? Yeah, and 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 Drift King, you know, is 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 the smug fucking yes. I know everything asshole. You know what I mean? So they do have totally. their stereotypes, but there are characters that are cast in this movie mm-hmm. versus just blank slates. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Sean leaves and DK tells Han that his shipment is late. Han tells DK to relax and let him handle it. Meanwhile, Sean finds a bright green payphone and calls his dad to tell him he'll be staying after school for some extracurricular activities. It sounds like he's leaving a message. It's like nine at night, by the way. Like, what time does school get out in Japan? And And why did he not think of this excuse the previous night? And no kid ever says the words extracurricular activities. Right, right. That's red flag number one. Yeah, yeah. And I think we had joked about how he was uh, in the glee club or something. (laughs) (laughs) Men's got a grenade. I have have men's chorus (laughs) after. We're doing one act tonight, Dad. Yeah. We've got the lead. Gilbert and then, Sullivan. And you just hear the, the screaming, you know, cliched voice. Are you driving again? You know, are you racing again, John? It Click. sounds like you're shifting gears. I like I like how he does go, uh, sir. Yeah, and hangs yeah. up the phone, yeah. you know? That was good. Sir. Um, meanwhile, uh, Neela just happens to, to be walking up. She asks Sean what he's doing there. He says he came by to ask her boyfriend for some drifting lessons. I like that. He's got some great lines. Yeah. So he always knows what to say. Neela says that Why he doesn't... Why he's a hero. That's right. <laughs> he's yep. charming. Neela says he doesn't, that he doesn't want to be part of this world. 
Uh, Sean takes a guess at Neela being an army brat who moved around a lot and is mad because her parents are never around. Neela denies this, and as she leaves, Han comes out and approaches Sean. He asks Sean why he can't go for a nice Japanese girl like the other white guys here. I didn't pick up that she had an Australian accent until you mentioned it, Vito. Yeah, well, she she has an indiscreet. It's it's kind, you can't really tell. I think she's trying to play the accent down, but it's coming through. But it's Australian. Yes. Yeah. Um, there's also it's really funny because most of the time in the movies, the hero goes, "Let me guess, uh, you're an army brat, you know this and that, whatever." She's like, "So what's to you?" Yeah. And then this was she's like, "No, you're completely wrong." Like he he totally I, yeah, it is interesting, know especially shit about in this 15 her. minutes. We've pointed out a few things that seem like cliches and then end up kind of not being what you think they are. Yeah. Which is another uh, point in the good writing category. It's nice to have a, a female character that shows up that has some uh, sense of uh, you know self, sure. not being one of the just one of the girls hanging out at the table that gets shooed away when business mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. business and is being talked about. You know, yeah. In the next scene that we will watch for the next episode, we get a little more of her backstory, and it's a little you know. There, you can sense there's probably some tragedy in there and some, you know, which is why she's not, you know, your normal, you know, throwaway And, and even though character. she's dating DK, I mean, I, I get the impression that she's, she knows that he's kind of not a great guy, but I don't know what, whether it's convenient. But what else is she going to do? Exactly. Mm-hmm. It's the drift world. I mean, come on. you got to dr- date the drift king. Uh, let's see. Han, uh, Sean drives. He asks Han if everything went okay. Han says that he can handle DK and that he's not Yakuza. His uncle is. DK just plays gangster in his little back room. Han says that he needs him, though, since DK keeps his uncle Kamada from poking around too much. Well, you know what's very interesting here is if you haven't, if you've watched them in the, the movie order versus the chronological order, you're like, why isn't Han worried? But Han has just returned from... Uh, America. He he. Well, he has literally been on, up up against like the Colombian mafia, or not Colombian, but the uh, Brazilian, yeah, yeah. the Brazilian mob. You know, he took down like an international crime ring. Yeah. He. This Once is, you've been hanging from a car on a plane. Yeah. Exactly. His girlfriend. His. You know, they've they've taken down like this this international. You know, super thief team. He's, this dude's just a little fucking. <laughs> I know this is a vacation. Yeah, this right. dude's just a little fucking <laughs> right. asshole. Totally. You know who like, thinks oh, he's somebody cool? Cars like, again. Oh, yeah, Han I can do could that. Like, probably take Which, down. Now this that guy's you mention it, because when when DK's like, "Where's my shipment?" He's like, "Come on, relax." It yeah, totally like, makes sense. He's like, "I'll it'll be You're here no when it gets Owen here. Shaw. Yeah, he's just right. like he's he's literally fought with a man who was yeah. an an international assassin. Like, what is this fucking kid gonna do? Totally. Like, yeah, and he knows. That he can pick up a phone and have six guys from America right. fly over right. and take right. care of everybody. So. Right, right. I know Dom. I know Dom. <laughs> Han says that Kamada, the Yakuza uncle, gets a cut of everything, and that goes for everyone on his turf. And since they're on his turf, they have to uh, give him a cut. Apparently, half of everything. That's that's about right. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean. Yeah, when you're when you're the Yaku- and and you more than likely heard a lot about this when you were in Japan. Is like the yakuza have their their deals with everybody. Like the government lets them do things because they keep the streets clean and they keep the streets safe. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, that's the reason why you don't have all the garbage everywhere and stuff. They they will fucking beat the shit out of you if they see you doing that on the mm-hmm. streets. So basically, 
you know, what's 50% when you're guaranteed? You know what I mean? Like, sure. It's an honorable organization. Well, like says, as long as you don't try to fuck of them over. Something is better than 100% of nothing. Yeah. I mean, you know, you're going 50%. It's a 50% of a lot of money. You know what I mean? It's like, that's everybody kind of gets paid out, but, you know, they have an honor system in the Yakuza. So, like, why not even, team even up with them? Watching it in this way and having those other films happen before this, it totally makes sense that, 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 that they explain why Han is sort of teaming up with this DK guy because he's able to do all of his shit and the Yakuza guy doesn't doesn't bug it. Right, so he's I, backing him up. Yeah, all makes sense. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll interject this. I'd recommend a book called Tokyo Vice. It's a great um, book. Yeah, you yes. read it? Okay, yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's about a, a crime reporter, an American uh, reporter who goes and becomes a crime reporter in Tokyo and it's a very interesting good book and it, it breaks down a lot of the realities of Yakuza and like he actually knew a lot of this, these guys and stuff. Is it based on and, a true story? Uh, yeah, it's it's um, basically autobiographical, oh. first person. And uh, they're actually there's a, a series. I was just about to and say. Michael Mann's producing it and directing yeah. that. Pilot, so, yeah. yeah, I'm really excited yeah. about. It. Who's in it though? That's what I can't remember. It's, uh, it's I, somebody I don't really big. Yeah, but um, I'd I'd recommend checking out reading that book. Uh, so and oh, it's Ansel Igord. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, Ansel yeah, Igord yeah. is going to play, and yeah, he's Ken Watanabe is in yeah. it. Yeah, oh, cool. so he's the perfect age, and Ken Watanabe. I can yep. figure. I can. I can picture which character he. Uh, yeah, he, that he's should doing. be pretty amazing. Yeah. yeah. So Sean asks Han if he's ever raced DK. Han shakes his head, and Sean asks why not. Han says he would only race for something important. Foreshadowing. Maybe. <laughs> I don't think they thought that far. Is, it, no. is it love? Is he going to race for love? I hope Perhaps so. of that that uh, beautiful girl that, with the uh, Australian accent? I don't know. Very. Po- I don't think anyone can replace, uh, uh, what's her name? Giselle. Giselle. Yes. Yeah, Gis- Giselle was pretty... So Giselle was played by uh, Gal Gadot. Gal Gadot. Mm. So and she, like, and she is her character is not named for two and a half films. Yes, mm. but sure. she's a badass. Oh, because like, he can't speak it. Her name cannot be spoken. No, just not really. I guess so. <laughs> yeah. You just forgot to name her. Oh no! But, oh, but no. she's so amazingly like, like such a great character and so yeah. beautiful and so whatever. Like when he loses her, it's like I don't can't think anybody else did. No. Mm. Yeah. Sean asks why Han is letting him race, Sean. Han says that Sean is DK's kryptonite, and Sean still owes him a car. Now that's important, because why would you want the guy you're working with to have a kryptonite? See what I mean? Mm. He's, he's basically, he's, he's playing Exposing DK. Exposing his cards gradually. He's, yeah. he's playing DK in some sort of way, and so he's using Sean as he's the kryptonite to that guy in case he needs to take him out. Totally makes sense. So that's kind of interesting. Yeah. That's foreshadowing. As we discuss it, I'm liking this movie even more. Uh, <laughs> this movie, it's dude, awesome. There, there are a lot of people who don't like this one. I love this one uh-huh. because it's just so full of, of little things that are great. When I watched when you I know? watched them in, in order and, and back, obviously I'd been hearing a lot about them for a while, and I had heard that this was everyone's least favorite. So I went into it with such low expectations mm-hmm. that at the end of it, I was just like, this was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> really, if this is as bad as, bad as it's going to get, this is going to be great. Hey, yeah. Brian yeah. Dominant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's probably except that was <laughs> probably the, everybody. Um, Ray Ray probably probably missed the former cast. I, Boiler. <laughs> when they um, now when I just 
following, I, I, again, <coughs> not watch the movies, I only, but I obviously follow the marketing. You can't help but follow yeah. the marketing. Oh, yeah, yeah. When I saw uh, the ads for this, I thought, oh, I guess they lost steam with the other cast, and so they just thought they'd try something different. I mean, is that what happened? Yes. Yeah, so apparently yeah. the Universal they couldn't Studios. they could make deals with the other cast? Yes. Yeah. Uh, so Vin yes. Diesel wanted $20 million a movie. This yeah. was like the, in that era when everybody could still kind of pull that kind of money. Yeah. And Universal was like, brother, you've had one hit. Like, yeah. you're not going to get $20 million. So he used the excuse that he was going off to do the uh, Pitch Black series, the Riddick series, right, Riddick, as right. his yeah. reasoning for leaving well, the, but the also, series. We had yeah. Rob Cohen, the director of the first film on our podcast, and he had said that, uh, I don't know how which one is accurate, but that since they weren't bringing Rob Cohen back as a director, that Vin didn't really want to do it, and that he had uh, suggested this $20 million uh, price tag, knowing they wouldn't do it, and that it gave him an out. Who knows? But either way, yeah, yeah he, they couldn't get the original guys. And they, and then they thought that Paul Walker at what twenty five was yeah. too old for oh the franchise oh and tried to replace wow. him. And oh. Of course, he was the heart of the franchise. So. Right, right. Yeah. So Tokyo Drift kind of became the Saved by the Bell, the new class. Yep. Okay, okay, okay. You're right. kind of that guy. He's kind of that guy. But yeah. then, like, everybody, it seemed like everybody came back because they finished their other projects. They wanted yeah. to, you know, <laughs> they're like, didn't take off. Yeah, it's like, we need to do this. Off. We need to right. do this again. Right, so Fast and Furious, that's the fourth one, right? Mm-hmm. That was, like, Saved by the Bell, the college years. Yes, let's bring them all back. They brought them back. Right, yeah, I mean, because the marketing for that, like, I remember they did an extended trailer, and they, like, they flashed all those old faces up Mm -hmm, from the mm -hmm. the previous couple movies, and I was like, oh, this is going to get everybody excited, and Mm -hmm. it it certainly did. It kept it going for another several movies. It it gave it massive steam, yeah. Yeah. Gave it a little bit of time to breathe, too. Yes, Mm -hmm. for sure. Yeah. Well, they're still driving, and for some reason, Han allows Sean to use his Nas. He goes. Well, it's because that guy passed him. Remember, there was, was there, there was somebody in a in a, like a sports car who yep. passes them and oh. revs their engine. Like, look at how badass I, I am. See. So that's when they pop the Nas and, and just leave that guy in the dust. Nice. Yeah. yeah. They go flying by some cops doing 197 but the, uh, kilometers an hour, but they don't follow them. Han says that the cop cars here can only do 180 because they're factory made, and if they can't catch you, they don't even try. That That's very interesting. I thought about that, and I was like, that's very cool. So I looked it up, and apparently this was a practice that had happened for about 20 years. <laughs> the car manufacturers had a gentleman's agreement with the police. They were like, we're going to make these really fast cars, and our people are going to drive them fast. And there's, you know, and they, they had an agreement. The cops would not chase you down. That ended around 1999, and now if you go that fast, the cops have cars that are that fast, and they'll chase you anyway. However, so technically, by the time of this movie, uh-huh. they would have chased them. Well, uh, Justin Lin also mentions that because traffic is so congested in Tokyo, the chances of you ever getting up that high were slim yeah. anyway. Well, that's that's also somebody did a Yahoo answer, which I think is really funny. Somebody said, "Can you really drive that fast and not get chased by the cops?" And she says, "God no! Sounds like someone's been watching Fast and Furious." <laughs> Assuming you're trying this in Tokyo, uh, get good luck getting to even half that speed because the traffic, whatever. But then Tokyo also has a ton of cameras that they basically said if you were to pass them, they would just go, hey, and call it in, mm. and they'd be able to track you and, and get you anyway. So We've come a long it's way fiction. since 2003. Right, yeah. but, but it's also the reason that the Nissan Skyline's still illegal in the USA is because they're overpowered and oh, the cop cars can't, 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 can't go Which as far. Which car is that? Uh, the Nissan Skyline. The, the, the GTR that most of them are talking about in most of this. Um, oh, the van. 
not. <laughs> what is it starts with the sky? That, there's something that starts with the sky. That's like with the old van. I think I it is. Like, you think of the airstreams? Air, okay. <laughs> sky, sky, air, whatever. It's all no, the there same. There is a sky. Yeah, <laughs> the airstreams. Yeah. It that's says that most police thinking. cars are rear-wheel drive, and the Nissan Skyline is a four-wheel drive car and can get up to more than 200 miles an hour. So. I need a Nissan Skyline. All right. Yeah. Uh, Han and Sean go to some other building, which looks to be like some kind of nightclub. Han knows the door guy, Danny. I didn't pick up, and actually, Daniel, you pointed this out, that it's all one tracking shot. I mean, I knew it was the good fellas kind of thing, but yeah, it's all one shot. It's yeah. all one shot. And the, the cool thing that in how it starts when they first pull up is that Han starts to open his door before the car like comes to a stop. Like Han's uh-huh. door is like halfway open as it's gliding still to a He's stop. He's in a hurry. He's, he's just cool. He's a man with a plan. He's, he's got to get to those cool. models. Yeah, and it is. It, it was Renee, by the way, who pointed out <laughs> oh, okay. the uh, the good fella shot. But yeah, that is totally. Uh, it was aped in Swingers. They did the same the mm-hmm. same sort of shot. But it's even got the point where like Han is going through and talking to everybody, mm-hmm. like the scene where they go through the kitchen and stuff. Yep. Hey, Bobby, how are you? That kind of thing. He's doing that throughout there too. It's and really they did funny. it again in Fast and Furious. No, no, Los Pandoleros. Remember? They may have. Yes, they did. Yes. Oh, wow. Have you seen Los Pandoleros? Yes, okay. of course. <laughs> Where Tago is going through the back, he's got his prison clothes on. That's right. He's like yeah. people's food. Yeah. There was a um, scene also in it's one of my favorite movies, Heat. Uh, it wasn't yes. like a one continuous shot, but when you know when Al Pacino goes to the the club on on. Um, on in Al on Alvarado to yeah. meet uh, Tone Loke and. Yes. Um, uh, so, like, Tone yeah, Loke in his illustrious career yeah. in one movie. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, he, he goes through several levels of elevators, and there's guys in snappy suits <laughs> with uh, with radios. He's coming through, and you see Al Pacino, like, you know, go around the metal detector, and yeah. you're just like, this cop is badass. He yeah, knows, he knows, I love that movie. He knows his way around the, the, the nighttime uh, underworld there. Yeah, you know? Excuse you, Tone, Lo- Tone Loke, or however you say it, was also in Vin- uh, Ace Ventura. And he was in one of two movies. He was in a, um, gosh, what was it? Did he do a movie called like Surf Ninjas or something like that? Am I getting that right? Yes. Yes. Okay. Okay. That's a movie. Yes. Another another little known fact about Tone Loke: he gets paid to do the wild thing. Sorry, that was that was one of his lyrics from. Never mind, you guys. Am I the only one who remembers that song? I think I think I now realize what happened. It just wasn't funny. <laughs> got it, guys. They I got it. Be great. You I take got a chance it. I got was, it. I remember when now that came out. That was a big deal. That Absolutely. song. Yeah. Sure I get paid to do the wild thing. Yeah. <laughs> Han and Sean uh, enter the nightclub, and Han leads them into the back. Han loves going into the back of buildings. They walk down the highway, uh, the hallway, passing a couple of girls making out. They finally get to a back room where the real party is, and it's full of hot chicks. Yep. That's yeah, the, the people in the front. Yeah, the people in the front. It's all dudes. It's a sausage yeah. party. <laughs> but in the back, everybody's wearing colorful clothing. But they're, they're all, in the front, they're also playing like just lame kind of like Muzak. Like, yeah. And then backstage, it's like. It's the hot. It's the what would you call? It's almost like it's a speakeasy. You know what I mean? Yes. Yes. Some girls walk up to Sean. Han tells him not to touch the kid. He's underage. And it doesn't phase them at all. Wow. Mm. Well, they, well, they're busy, you know, kissing up on Han. Isn't legal? They also kind of back away. I don't oh, know dude. why I know this, so 
I'm not a pervert, I swear, but isn't legal age in like Japan like 16? So yes. he's not technically. Actually, I think it's even lower. When he said that line, I felt like they're oh they had to throw that in for the American audience. Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, oh, we're yeah. aware he's he's not we're actually he's 27. Just <laughs> gotten out of high school. And... I know because he <laughs> does look 27. Yes, yes. yes. Um, I, I had to be reminded again when they go into that club. I was like, oh, why doesn't he want the girls to? Oh, oh, oh he's supposed to be 16. It's like, okay, yeah. huh, stop cock blocking. <laughs> yeah. yeah, let him have a little bit of experience well, in life. Twinkie's more the the cock blocker. He drags Sean away. He tells Sean that Tokyo is the fashion capital on this side of the planet, and after a long day of posing at photo shoots, these models just want to relax and have fun. What he says is, this is Disneyland for grown-ups, which <laughs> just brings full circle uh-huh. my idea of this being Herbie the Love Bug for grown-ups. <laughs> this whole thing has been like set up that for makes that. Sense. So. Yeah. Well, that's our 15 minutes, so a perfect bookend. Excellent. Yeah. All right. Wait, yeah. It was cool about this, um, you know, watching this, it was like, like a, you know, we were tracking a lot of noir and gangster tropes. It was kind of like, sure. they're like, let's make this, you know, sugar syrup um, fun car movie, but let's go watch all the old Robert Mitchum and Bo- yeah. Bogart movies and <laughs> yep. uh, figure out how to structure it, you know? So yeah. it's kind of like bringing that classic Hollywood vibe to uh, a new, you know, that is true hipster audience, you know? Yeah. The first movie we picked up on a lot of western tropes yes mm, okay and uh now that you, you mentioned it yeah this one's very much the noir mm-hmm. stuff so i think yeah. I, i'm telling you i think i think that they watched a lot there, there's a movie i think i mentioned this our first episode the yakuza with robert mitchum yeah and uh tanaka ken that is fucking amazing and a lot of the stuff the themes of this are in that movie mm-hmm. um there's they have the onsens and the japanese bath houses and the yeah. yakuza and stuff like that and it's just you know walking that cd underworld and like manipulating your way through it mm-hmm. but yeah i love i love the idea i love the noir dialogue you know mm-hmm. what i mean it's like that's the classic tough guy you know trope of, of the guy always having the, the good line and the good comeback that's why he gets the girl right absolutely he's it, witty and he's clever and but it doesn't you know, feel super cliche the, the dialogue I mean it seems like the, the lines are, are kind of clever I mean I can't say I've heard a lot of them other places so you know, a lot of good, yeah. good stuff. it's all it's all about fighting for honor and fighting mm-hmm. for you know family and that that's the, the overarching thing for everything so yeah absolutely I like it yeah how are you feeling about this Anthony it was pretty good once we got past the race. <laughs> Anthony cares not for races. No. no I don't. <laughs> the car racing. Yes, the car racing. <laughs> I, I mentioned this when we were walking or when we were watching it. Like it was a long fifteen minutes. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't yeah, know. A lot what, but a lot happens in that fifteen minutes. Yeah, There's so many scenes. It was yeah, a lot sure. of scenes. Weird pacing, but yeah. I, I really liked the dialogue. And the acting wasn't bad either. I think I think you'll be pleasantly surprised as the movie goes. It's it's bad reputation. I I feel is very unwarranted. Are you are you growing more towards Han at all, or just kind of still he's fine? Yeah, because he's he's more of a, a focused character. He's not mm-hmm. really kind of a background player. I agree yeah, with that. and it's more control. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, this is the first like Six. real good chunk we've seen him in. Yes. So you know, like. He's, well, yeah, because he's barely in four. Right. He's, he's a supporting character at best in five and six. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true. No, but I'm saying, like, in this movie, like, this is the first, like, real time yeah. we've spent with him. Oh, we've been in, yeah. And, sure. you know, in the next 15 minutes, I'm sure we spend more time with him as well. And I'm maybe he'll Wait grow on. Wait to see me. his chest, Harry Anthony. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. 
But it doesn't I mean, have any. I'm just do you guys kidding. see where I was coming from with like, if you watched it in the order that I was watching it originally, mm-hmm. like, would you guys be like, you know, such Han marks? No, not necessarily. Yeah, I've always kind of loved that character. I don't know why. But but, but after you saw Tokyo Drift. Yeah, that's true. I saw it first. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, like, if you can kind of imagine a world where you didn't see Tokyo Drift first. Imagine a world. He's just a character. Like, he's kind of... I'd agree with that. Yeah, yeah not I could see that. I could see that. So. Yeah. Well, what, uh, what do you guys got going on in the near future? Anything? Uh... Renee's gigging a lot. Yeah? It just it's the holiday season, so it's you know you singers and singing, singing singers are singing. That's what singers are singing. <laughs> sure, sure. So there's a lot of that going on, but yeah, very just, cool, very just cool. Looking forward to. I do have a quick question. Yeah. Like, do they still use your voice at Disneyland, or is there like a certain period of time they give you? Or? I think they've got. I'm I'm sure that the shows and everything have changed enough. You know, mm. there's there may be one section of the monorail that they might still be, but I'm sure that they've changed all of that stuff. Okay. You know, it do all you have a over. certain genre of music you, you lean towards? Um, I just I've always been fascinated with acapella music. So the idea of anything that can just be sung with just voices, and obviously we're doing a lot of drum sounds and a lot of bass and percussion sounds mm-hmm. too, along with it. So anything that like you know you can experiment with and make it sound interesting or, or cool is like that. Mm-hmm. It all it all kind of applies. Yeah, the show the show that you mentioned earlier uh, sounds amazing. The uh, the, the acapella. Mm-hmm. Like stomp. Yeah. Show. What was it? Toxic. Toxic audio. Does this? You yeah. still do that show? Um, there's the, the, the the group is kind of is is more performance based around conventions and, and cruise ship things, and they, they've uh, changed the name to Vox Audio just to be more family friendly or whatever. I've but Vox, yeah. when it was there, it was just like Toxic Audio was like just an interesting, cool mm-hmm. kind of a you know mix. Was it, of was it the nineties? It was. Yeah, because yeah, the 90s always had to be, like, extreme or yeah. toxic. You know? Yeah. Like, well, we were doing shows at right. a Fringe right. Festival, and you're trying to get audiences to, like, come and see you. And we didn't want the pun, you know, acapella names, you know, the sure. acapella group names to it. Do it, we wanted, Yes, yeah. we wanted it to sound, you know, unique and, and, and just interesting and kind of let let us define the name rather than the name define us. So. Yeah. Cool. yeah. Did you get cast amazing. in something recently? Did I see you post about that? Oh, I'm doing a Stephen Sondheim musical at uh, Boston Court. Uh, oh, just, oh that, you just casually so. throw that yeah. out. No, no, it's a, it's a, it's Which a, one is it? it's, a, it's called Passion, nice. and it was, uh, it was uh, one of one of his one of his later ones uh, that uh, is very very uh, divisive, and I'm really looking forward to jumping into it because it's like a lot of cool music, a lot nice. of cool, you right know, on. cool yeah. harmonies and stuff. So. Well, congratulations. That'd be yeah. cool. You mentioned that you're a singer songwriter as well. Do you mm-hmm. have a genre of music you uh, tend towards? Um, I, I like artists like uh, U2, Peter Gabriel, Sting, Daniel Lenoir, people like that. So um, I guess, you know, if you want to call it, but like the stuff that I, 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 I was like, I was really into performing and songwriting when I was much younger, mm-hmm. and I kind of stepped away from it really when I got more into like writing and making comics and acting and such. And I, in this past year, I'm like, I'm going to start focusing on this really hard again. And in the past six months, I've written probably 20 songs or something like that. And I'm hoping to record an album next year. And so I, I guess my stuff, you'd say, be like in the kind of folk rock indie Nice. Kind of like acoustic singer-songwriter type of, of, of realm. So, yeah, acoustic singer-songwriter, but with a, kind of an ambient kind of a feel to it, you know. So, um, yeah, nice. that would be the kind of stuff. So, Are there social medias or websites mm-hmm. that people can find y'all below? 
Um, well, I'm on Instagram um, and Twitter as uh, Danger Cat. So Danger Cat's my company that basically encompasses all of my creative endeavors. So that's like what I published my profit and Bloodworth books through was uh, was my Danger Cat creative studio. You ever work with Danger um, Mouse? Uh, you know, we haven't met, and it's going to be a big throwdown when it happens. That's the cross. Uh, been chasing them for years. Uh, and so. by the way, you should probably point out that Danger Cat, it's K-A-T-T. Yeah, it's one word, yeah. K-A-T-T. So find me on Twitter and Instagram there, and you can find me on Facebook. Uh, just search, search for Daniel Corey, E-Y. Um, and, uh, yeah, those are my main social outlets. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, my website is ReneeRuizVoice.com. That's one E, so R-E-N-E-R-U-I-Z voice.com. Um, you can find out what uh, audiobooks I'm releasing. You can find out, you can see uh, the progressive commercial that I did where I was in nice. Jamie's a cappella group. Very, so, you've probably you know. seen it. I, like, I think oh, I've seen that commercial, yeah. <laughs> so, He's that guy. It all stays yeah. in the a cappella world for me. Yeah, what, You're what an a cappella fella. You should name your group a cappella fella. Oh, that's yeah, exactly trying, so trying terrible. Trying to avoid. What was so the song terrible. you sang? Was it uh, Heaven is a Place on Earth? Is that in the progressive yeah, I've commercial? I've seen that commercial. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. Cool. Well, thanks so much for joining us on this uh, 15 Minutes of Tokyo Drift, guys. Thanks. This yeah. is awesome. Thank you. Yeah, there's a lot going on yeah. in that 15 Minutes. I had a yes. lot to cover. It was. Yeah. yeah. Almost too much, really. <laughs> well, you can uh, follow us on Instagram at SoFastSoFurious, uh, on Twitter at SoFastPodcast. Send us an email at SoFastSoFuriousPodcast at gmail.com, or just rate, review us on iTunes. We would be very appreciative. And tell a friend. Tell a and friend. And a relative and an enemy. Yes. yes. And an enemy. <laughs> Subscribe to the podcast for them for Christmas. Just go on their phone and do it. Oh, just Don't do even it. let them know. Oh. So they come in, what the fuck is this so fast, so furious thing showing up on my, phone. on my phone? It's like that U2 album. Oh, oh my God, right, I hated right. that. Yeah. Still can't get rid of it. Oh. Talk about the worst blunder in history in terms of marketing. It's like yeah. U2 was like, we're the most popular band in the world. People are going to love it. And everybody was like, how do I get rid of it? It's like, like the we're most... just trying to give it away. We thought yeah. everybody would be happy. Why is everybody so mean? I mean it would have been great if you had the option to delete it. Like, Voodoo did something similar where they gave you uh, Ghostbusters 2016. I'm like, oh, yeah. Oh, no one right. wants that. That's oh, right. Oh. Yeah, it's terrible. So I still wouldn't be angry about it. I'm like, oh, that's there. Well, that was nice of them to do that. I wouldn't be angry about it. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not angry about it. Like, Thanks I, for the free album, asshole. I know, I know. I'm not angry about it until it comes up on my, like, shuffle playlist where yeah. it's just, like, random stuff. I'm like, what the fuck is this? And I look, and I'm like, oh, yeah, the thing that I didn't buy. Or want. Or when you've got people over to show a movie and you're going through your library and you're like, I didn't buy that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, when they released the next album, it was um, U2. It was just two years later because there was supposed to be a two-album cycle. They, um, like, if you bought a concert ticket, they mailed you a CD. Yeah. So it was like, okay, we're just going to give it to get it to the Gorilla fans marketing. this time. So. But, yeah, they're pretty much giving them away. But I guess they just found a better way to do it this time. Well, yeah. we hope you enjoy having us on your phone. Uh, yes. And keep in touch. For next week. Yeah. That was the most awkward closing yeah, it, ever. Yeah. Are we going to all sing something or sing together? I don't know. <laughs> That'd be so horrible if we made yeah. you sing something. Uh, uh, the okay. You're here. I don't even know.